Welcome to our podcast. We're back in action. Right before Hello. the Bills Rams game. You love to see it. Football is back. No more nights until football. And we're gonna this could be a real quick, short podcast, and all we're gonna talk about is our team's projections and what we think of them. So for example, Aaron's a Bengals fan. He's going to talk about the Bengals and what it looks like going into the season. I'm a Bills fan. I'm going to talk about the Bills and what it looks like going into the season. Really simple stuff. So, Aaron, you could go to take the reins. Go right on ahead. What do you think of the Bengals coming into this year? So, coming into this year, obviously there's a lot of expectations, a lot of different hopes going on. Um, obviously, last year was what a lot of people call like a Cinderella story for the Bengals. Um, finishing last in the division two years ago with a 4-11 and a 1 record um, and then coming and making a full circle and getting to the Super Bowl the year after. So um, just a very, very cool season last year and they are building off of that. Um, so losing the Super Bowl was super, super tough. Um, but there was a lot of additions made in free agency, which uh, really makes me feel like the Bengals are in a really good spot to maybe to, to to possibly repeat their success of what they had in the last part of the season. Um, so I'm I'm going to say this right now. Um, I think the Bengals are very underrated in the terms of how they are going to finish in the season. Um, I've been looking, thinking about how the Bengals can finish, and I'm seeing a lot of people are putting the Ravens to finish first in the division. I'm pretty sure that um, the Ravens are right now favorites to even win the division right now, and that kind of, you know, this might be biased as a Bengals fan, but it kind of blows my mind a team like the Bengals, who made the Super Bowl, beat the Ravens twice, yes, one with one game without Lamar and without basically a defense. But in the first game, they did have a little more, and they had some of their defensive players still there, and they still blew them out. And, you know, the one biggest weakness that the Bengals had was that offensive line. Now, yes, we have not seen offensive line in action, but if just the names that are on this board right now, I think are already better than the starters that they had last year. Um... So I, I don't understand how a lot of people could say that the Bengals aren't favorites. You know, I know and I get that it is hard to go back to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to go back to the Super Bowl, that they're going to win and they're going to destroy. I'm not saying that. But to say that they're not even going to make, some people are not even having to make in the playoffs, I think is a little bit of a stretch. Um, and I think they're a little bit more underrated than I As for a team that went to the Super Bowl, they're definitely being a little bit underrated right now. Um, so, some feel about the team, some negatives, and some positives of how the team. We're gonna start with the negatives. Hey, and you're cu- you're cutting out a little bit. Could you repeat that for us? So we're gonna go over the negatives and the positives over each of our teams. Um, so just a little more in depth of how I feel about the team in itself. Some negatives, how I feel about it, and some positives of the team. Um, so we're going to start with the negatives. Um, so with the negatives, um, watching over the preseason, I saw that the Bengals have a horrible, horrible depth in the offensive line. 
I mean, it was atrocious seeing that line play in the preseason. Um, constant holding calls, constant guys getting beat off the block or getting beat, beat off the snap, you know, and um, one of the biggest negatives, and truthfully, it's a scary negative, especially with how last year went, is if one of these starters that we picked up gets hurt this year and now the next man up has to come up, I don't really know how confident I am as a Bengals fan that that next guy is going to be able to fulfill the spot that was there before. Mm. Um, so a big negative to me that I was noticing is that our O-line depth is not very good. Um, and there's two question marks that I have. They're not necessarily negative, but they're like, kind of, you know, how, I don't know. I'm, I'm questioning of how it's going to fit. Um, you know, I'm not saying that's a negative. It's kind of like a, it's a question mark. You know, um, so the two question marks, the first one is also with the offensive line. Can this offensive line put it all together? Because it's one thing to have it on paper. Things can look good on paper, um, but sometimes they just don't work out. So can this team do that? Can they get it together? Can they communicate? Can they be able to keep Burrow upright? And that's the biggest the biggest. Um, question mark I think that's going to be for this season is can this offensive line get it together now the second question is is not as big in my opinion but I think it does have some um, um, especially with how our defense was last year Um, if you look at our defense our defense was middle of the pack basically the whole year Um, towards the playoffs we really got hot but our defense from that point on was kind of middle of the pack and our passing defense specifically was struggling. Um, Cheetah Bay Awuzie is a great corner. I think he's an underrated corner. But I think Mike Hilton, he's a good slot corner. Um, he's not the best of the best, obviously. I he's have, up there, man. Mike Hilton's like that. He, he is like that. But I'm, I have question marks on Eli Apple and how he can be on this team. Um, I feel like some of the hate on Eli Apple is a little bit too aggressive. Um, if you look at the stats, the stats weren't as bad as people were actually saying. Um, I was looking at preseason. Um, there was a big viral video that went around of Jamar like completely like mossing the crap out of Eli Apple. But if you actually looked at the tape, Eli Apple beat him on four of the five plays that they ran, and that one play happened to be that moss play. Mm. Um, so it's just a question mark: Can Eli Apple, or do they have enough depth to where? they can cover that second receiver because there was a lot of times last year where we just gave up too many big plays or you know the and the Jets game especially was one of the biggest ones I was thinking of where checkdowns were a problem where we just we just couldn't stop them in front of us and we would give up this constant yardage off these checkdowns so really a big question for me is how is that that out that second outside corner going to benefit is it going to be Eli Apple or is it going to be you know, a different receiver, a different cornerback. Um, we got a cornerback out of the draft that was pretty good. He um, he's having some injury bugs right now. He's gonna be out for at least the first four games of the season. But with him being also added in there, it might make things a little bit different. So those are my two question marks. Um, so now moving into the pop, I think everybody knows that the Bengals have one of the more skilled position groups in the NFL. I 
would argue that they are the best position group, skilled position group. Them and the Bucks, I would say. I would agree. Um, so having Joe Mixon, having T. Higgins, Chase Boyd, it's really is pick your poison. Um, you know, if you play, if you if you run two man, if you play too high, two man safeties, you know. You know, yeah, you're going to take away some of the deep threats, but you also got to now worry about Joe Mixon running it up the gut, right? Especially with a new, if this offensive line does what it does, or what we're thinking it should do, that's going to be a big problem because Joe Mixon's a good running back, and he's never had an offensive line that's been able to do the things that, like, make big gaps from the run through. Um, you know, having those three star-studded receivers, you're going to cover. You can't double-tip them all. You know, Jamar is. Jamar, you know he's the he's a top five receiver in the NFL. Um, you know T is, I would say a top fifteen, top twenty receiver in the NFL. And then you got Boyd, who's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL right now, and he's on a he's a great slot receiver. Um, so you have all these 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 skill position groups. You know they they complement each other and they're not selfish, and you can see that's a huge positive. And then you got. You got Joe Shiesty, and the man. If you if you don't know Joe Shiesty, you've just been living on the rock. This dude has been he's been taking over the NFL. Him and Jamar have been coming through. Um, thing is, if you can get Burrow time, what can happen? Um, Burrow is, in my opinion, I think a dark horse for MVP. I don't think he's a favorite, but I think he's a dark horse for it. Um, so, you know, Joe Burrow obviously is a positive. And I think their pass rush has gotten a lot better, too. I think Trey Hendrickson's a really good um, pass rusher. Um, he's had two really good back-to-back seasons where he's just been impactful. Sam Hubbard's a really good run stopper. Um, and then our linebackers are pretty solid as well. Logan Wilson had, if he didn't get hurt, maybe could have had a Pro Bowl season. Jermaine Pratt is a solid linebacker. So those are the positives in the season. And obviously we have Money McPherson out there kicking those 50 yard bombs and sending us to the AFC championship and Super Bowl. So those are some positives that I have um, for the team. And now with that being said, I'm going to go into the record before um, you do. So I'm going to go. I have some questions what? for you about your team. Okay. 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 First of all, I want to highlight Jesse Bates and his contract issue. Do you think that will play mm-hmm. any effect into the Bengals season this year? Um, so actually, I did forget to mention that Jesse Bates, obviously best safety, uh, one of the best safeties. Um, so with Jesse, the the thing is with them, I think now it's the the business has already been done. I think Jesse's been wanting to play in Cincinnati. I don't think there's going to be any harsh feelings towards it, and I think Jesse at this point is playing to prove himself. Um, and you know, I think with how it's looking right now. Jesse wants he wants the bag. He wants the money. And he's gonna try to play at his best to showcase to other teams um what he can do. Um I don't think there's a chance that he'll I don't I don't think honestly that he'll probably come back to the Bengals. I think they're just gonna write the season out and then best of luck to you. Um that's that's a really good question though because um I see, you know, Maybe some teams trying to talk to him after the game and be like, hey, you know, why don't you come over to us next season? We'll get some talks, you know. Um, that would, that's definitely something to watch out for, but I think Jesse Bates is one of those players where 
you know, he was a leader in the locker room. I think he's going to be fine. But for next year, yeah, I think he'll be gone. Okay. And do you think there's a potential risk for a Joe Mixon injury with him having having a top five rushing yard season last year? Right. And let's say, for example, you have the teams that I personally feel like the deep threat is way more valuable to protect than a running threat because running backs can will tend to get like maybe four yards of carry, which is by no means bad. That's still very good. However, I would rather have a consistent four yards of carry happen against me and then potentially that running back get tired and you have to put in, I don't know, like a guy like Samaj P. Ryan instead of it just being, oh, Jamar Chase just dropped a catch. Mm. Let me throw to yeah. T. Higgins for 85 yards type of thing. So yeah. do you think that the, an overworking of Joe Mixon could lead to an injury this year? Um, I mean, injuries is always it's always part of the game. Um, and, and Mixon has had injury-filled seasons. Oh, last year was, I think, his first season where he really didn't have any injuries. Um, um, I, I can't make any predictions if there will be any injuries. You know, that's just part of the game. Um, but Mixon's always been a workhorse. Um, he's always been someone that we could give the ball to 25 you know, 20 times a game. Um, and the way that the Bengals have, and the way that they've been talking about how their lineup and how their offense is going to be, it's about, be about 50-50. And the thing is, is with how the offense is, is you're, the way you have to play defense against the Bengals, I think there's going to be more room for bigger running lanes, especially last year was a little bit harder because the offensive line didn't really give them a many running lanes. So a lot of times you'd see Mixon averaging probably about three yards per carry, two point three yards per carry. And that's just because he's just got nowhere to run. With this offensive line there might be bigger chances for him to break off bigger runs. Um and then if if he's getting constantly four or five yards per carry, they're gonna have to try to stop that because not only is that kill, killing time, but now they're constantly moving down the field and you can control the game that way. And then as soon as they start trying to stop that run, now that's where play action comes to play. And where now, like, a Hayden Hurst, who they just signed in the free agency, becomes more of a target. Or, you know, Jamar Chase running the post route down the field, you know. So um, I definitely think that there's a chance for there's a chance for anybody on this team to get hurt. Um, it's just a part of the game. But I have, Mixon's always been a workhorse, and I think that that's something that um, he's, he's used to. Okay. So, carry on with uh, your record predictions for this year. Okay. So, with the record, I'm not going to predictions until we get to the end. So, I'm just going to go week by week um, how I feel about each team, um, each uh, matchup that we have. So, we're going to go start with week one against the Steelers. Um, this game, I think, should be a W for the Bengals. I think they'll start out the season 1-0 against the Steelers. The Steelers don't have a better quarterback. They don't got a better – the running back are really close to Mixon, but I think we have them in the running back. I think we have a better receiving group. I think we have a better offense in general. We – crazy enough to say I think we have a better in the Steelers. Um, the defense, they probably have them in that category, um, but their secondary um, – they don't have enough people in the secondary, I think, to be able to cover what we have offensively. And – I think it will just. I, th- I think we'll we'll win against the Steelers at home for Week One. So we'll start the season one to zero. Next, we're at Dallas. Now there is a lot of people that are saying that this game is going to be hard, and I do believe this game is going to be tight, uh, especially with it being at Dallas. 
Um, I actually have the Bengals losing here as well. I think they're going to go one and one, start one and one the season. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think there's going to be some problems line early in the season here. Um, I think some of that pass rush with Michael Parsons. I think that's going to get to them, um, and I think they're going to have some trouble on the offensive side. Um, so I think they're going to start off the year one and one, and then they go to the Jets. I have them taking the Jets in week three. Um, I believe Zach Wilson is going to be out for that game. So unless Mike White comes back and destroys us like he did last time or right. um, whatever. But I think the Bengals should be fine for that game. I don't think you'll see, you'll see another upset there. Um, so I think they'll start off 3-1. and one. So then they go to the Dolphins week four. I see in Thursday night football, um, it's going to be a relatively short week. I think this game is going to be really, really close. Um, and I actually have the Bengals winning that game for going 4-1 on the season. I think it's going to be a really, really close game. I think this is going to be a game where you see Money McPherson probably kick a game-winning field goal here. Um, and now they go to week five. They have a little bit of a longer, like almost like a mini bye week here when they play a Sunday night game, or I think that might be a Sunday night game against the Ravens. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. But um, uh, they're at Baltimore I actually have them losing to Baltimore here, so that would put them at what uh, four and four and two on the year. I think the Ravens will split with us in the season, so they'll go to four and two. And now they're going to be six. And this game, I think this game is going to be really tight. I think New Orleans is a sneaky, sneaky team, um, and there is going to be, I think, a little bit of some intensity being brought with Joe Burr and Jamar with a reunion in New Orleans. I think there's going to be some you know, pressure there. But I think that Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, I mean Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase get it done. I think the Bengals go to 5-2 five and, five and two on the season. Week 7, the Falcons. Come on. It's the Falcons. I think that this game I think we'll go 6-2 and two here. Face the Browns at Cleveland. I say we go, we win against the Browns week eight. Week nine, they face the Carolina Panthers at home. I think they lose this game. I think this is one of their games where it kind of is kind of an upset. Carolina with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker's always had the Bengals number for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how, but Baker's always been um, a, he's always, always been a, a big threat. So, when, let's see, win. Loss, win, win. What would that put him at? Uh, six and three, right? Yeah, six and three. Pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Six and three. So they go six and three in the bye week, and then now you have the Steelers. I think they're gonna sweep the Steelers this season. I just don't. I don't think that 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 they're gonna get that quarterback situation figured out. Um, I can see them winning and sweeping the Steelers that season. So that'll be seven and three on the year. Now they go to Tennessee. Um, the Titans lost a lot of they lost a lot of people. Um, um, with you know now they got they have they just lost Landry unfortunately due to injury. I think the Bengals should beat the Titans here, um, and I think they move to. It was an eight and three on the season, um, and now they place the Chiefs at home. 
I think that they will lose to the Chiefs. I don't think Mahomes is going to lose three times in a row. I don't. I don't see Mahomes losing three times in a row to to Burrow. So I think they'll take the L there in Week 13. Um. So let's see. What is that? Seven four. Am I correct? Adam? I believe so. Yes. Seven four. Um. Now they go to the Browns here. Or, yeah, they're at home against the Browns. I would say that they also, I say that they also beat the Browns, and they take a sweep against the Browns here, Week 14, and move to eight and four on the season. And now this is where the the schedule kind of gets tough. Buccaneers, Tom Brady. I have them taking the L here. Um, I just don't think I can see Brady. I can. I just don't see us winning against them. Um. So, let's see here. So that would lead us to eight and five on the year, and then the Patriots. I have us winning there, um, nine and five, and then the Bills. This is where this is where it gets a little bit more intense. Um, I think this is going to be a really close game. This is probably going to be a game that I think the Bengals are going to be right around. Um, contention for seeding here at this point. Um, and so this game is going to matter a lot. Um, but I do have the Bengals losing this game. I don't think that they'll beat. I think this will be a game where, you know, something, you know, dumb, stupid happens that is performed either on the Bengals player or, you know, it's going to be in a last-second game winner type situation. And I see us losing to the Bills and going, I think, was that? and then sixth on the year. Yeah. And then finally, week 18 at home versus the Ravens. Probably, I would say, the biggest game of the year at that point. Um, I don't. I imagine the Ravens would probably be close with us at that point. We're battling for the division. I see us winning this game against the Ravens at home and going and finishing 11-6 on the year and capturing first place in our division and around the middle point in the conference, around the fourth fifth spot in the conference. 11-6 here for the Bengals. Okay. Is that all you have for to say for the Bengals? Any closing thoughts on the Bengals? Um, the only thought that I have is, uh, oh, I would say, um, I'm also going to just say their ceiling and their floor real quick. Um, I think their ceiling, I think, their ceiling is a 13-3 and three record. I think that if we get to that record, the offensive line is what we think it is. The offense can be consistently good. I think the defense can step up there, and that leads them to a 13-3 record. I think our floor is, I think, a 9-8 record in missing the playoffs. Um, our offensive line, for that record, it would be, you know, the offensive line is not – doing what it was doing, what it's supposed to do. It looks more like last year. Um, maybe some injuries happen. And I think that by ceiling is a 13-3 record with the first in the division, first in the conference, or and our floor is a 9-8 record with us being out of the playoffs, just barely. So that's my final thoughts. Who day? <laughs> Who day? Of course, of course. All right. I agree with the majority of these takes. I think that the Bengals will be good this year. Transitioning from the Bengals over to the Bills, my team. 
Uh, I think that the Bills, first of all, are overrated coming into the season. I feel like there's a lot of delusional oh, wow. Bills fans that are, are saying they're gonna we're gonna be a lot better than we actually are. I think our team this year will be worse than it was last year. Maybe not oh, wow. nece- not necessarily purely looking at it from a roster standpoint. And getting into some of that, here are some of the negatives that I have. We lost Jerry Hughes, who was one of our best edge rushers, if not our best edge rusher last year. I'll get into the Von Miller thing in a second. We lost Levi Wallace, who was our second-string cornerback, and now he got replaced with Dane Jackson, who's been just mid simply throughout his career. He wasn't great in his uh, first year, and last year he only saw 40 targets, got 50% completion percentage. Not very great for a low number of targets. Tredavious White, obviously his ACL tear, he won't be back until week four. And even then after that, we really don't know how well he will play whenever he comes back. I simply don't... We, I hope he does good. He's my favorite player. I think he'll do great. However, you really don't know on those things. I think our draft picks were just kind of weak. I'm not a, the biggest fan of Kyrie Elam. I think he's... If he lives up to his potential, I think he'll be great. I was a advocate for drafting Roger McCreary instead of him because Kyrie Elam is more physical of a cornerback, and that's really easy to go 50-50 on, you know, a physical cornerback, someone that really relies on their athleticism, their strength. That could be a really good player, like Levi Wallace. He was a really good player. But someone like Davis White, who's a more precision player, it might be better for him to be paired up with someone else who's a good precision player, like Roger McCreary. I just liked him less than another corner, and we traded up for him, so I really wasn't too happy with that pick. However, I think it was like an A- minus grade. Uh, Terrell Bernard, he is a linebacker, and he's a very fast linebacker. However, he doesn't really hit the hardest. He's not the best receiver in case of, like, he won't re- be good for interceptions. He won't pa- defend a lot of passes. He's just really... I don't really think he's really that good of a linebacker. James Cook has a lot of upside. However, with us still having two other really good running backs in our system, I don't really think he'll get that much use, and he has a lot of upside, and usually when you get rookie players, you kind of want to give them that opportunity. He'll be a really good receiving back for whatever we need that. However, we already don't run the ball a lot. He's not going to get a lot of touches in that system. You have Matt Ariza, that whole situation is terrible. And he's no longer on our team. We end up having our third string QB punting for us now. So that's obviously not good. And obviously the whole situation outside of football is terrible too. And then we have Khalil Shakir, who I have not been high on from the get-go. you got people like Gabriel Davis and Stefan Diggs. Both are late round. I think Gabriel Davis was a fourth round pick and Stefan Diggs was a fifth round pick on the Vikings. However, I'm just not the biggest fan of Khalil Shakir. He, especially in our current system, we have way too many wide receivers, which I'll get to later on. So he's just really not going to see a lot of roles and won't be that impactful. Our Jordan Poyer situation, he, we was trying to sign a contract before the season started. However, we just couldn't come to an agreement. And by we, I mean the Bills, because I'm obviously not part of the Bills. However, they never came to the agreement. So either that will lead, that usually leads to either the player playing their heart out and just trying to strive for a good contract. That's what I'm hoping Jordan Poirier will do. Or what he might do is he might just say, you know what, I'm going to take this year. I don't really want to risk injury. I don't want to do anything like too damaging to my body. That way I can sign somewhere next year. I think it will be the first one that's more likely, but it's just something to look out for. 
Micah Hyde, he's, I believe, 31 now, so he's starting to get up there in age. Even if he's not 31, he's, like, in that general ballpark area. He's starting to get up there in age. He performed great last year, but with age comes drop-offs. He could drop off hard this year. He might He might not. You really don't know. And then you have, we lost a lot of offensive line pieces. We did get Roger Saffold. However, in doing so, we lost a lot of our key offensive line. Not that we had a great O-line last year. We just have a worse one this year, in my opinion. We obviously lost Cole Beasley, who was one of one of the quickest yeah. slot wide receivers in the league. And I was a big fan of Beasley. We lost him. We replaced him with Jameson Crowder. That's a significant downgrade. <laughs> if we win week one against the Rams, we'll get OBJ as our slot. That's an upgrade. But that's only allegedly from his tweet. And then, as I mentioned before, I think we have just too many receivers. Right now, our receiving lineup looks like Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Jameson Crowder, Khalil Shakir. You have people like Dawson Knox, who's going to be wanting touches. If OBJ ends up signing with us, that's a sixth person who wants touches. James Cook is someone who's going to be used in the passing game. That's seven people who want touches. We just have too many people that are going to be in the receiving game. I understand that we're a pass-first offense. But there are going to be people that aren't going to get touches, and that's just not going to be good in general for our team and our their those specific players' mental being because they're going to want the touches. They're going to be striving for that. There could be team drama that comes out of that. I just don't like that we have seven potential receivers for this league, for this year. After hitting on the negatives, I want to hit on some positives. Gabe Davis, one of my my second favorite player on this team has a lot of potential to break out this year. There's He had a historical game against the Chiefs last year in the playoffs. Hopefully, he'll carry that on. Obviously, he won't play four touchdowns a game every single game for the, this season, but I think he'll be good. Josh Allen targets him in the red zone a lot. I think I think there was a stat. Actually, we're just not going to bring that up. I don't know the exact numbers on that. Forget about that. Obviously, Von Miller replaced Jerry Hughes as our rusher, our lead edge rusher, and that's an upgrade. We did sign him to a, a bit long of a contract, but nonetheless, we have him good. Greg Rosea, I have no idea if I said that name right. However, he has a lot of potential. He's a really good player. He's a great young player that we have on our defensive line. Tim Settle is a great pickup, especially going against run game. We have uh, tie we face the Titans in week two. He's not going to do crap against Derrick Henry. Nevertheless, he's better than Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver, I like that guy too, but Tim Settle is simply a better run stopper than him, and Tim Settle is a great run stopper in general. Josh Allen's always someone that you have to look out for. He's going to be great this year. I think he's my personal, as a Bills fan, lead candidate for MVP. I think it could be him, Justin Herbert, A-Rod, Joe Burrow is a dark horse like you said earlier, but I think Josh Allen's going to just have a phenomenal season. We do have a lot of rookie upside, for example, in Khalil Shakir, He's gonna, he could come into his own this year and just be a great wide receiver. James Cook could be a great running back. You never know if he gets touches and he does great. That's phenomenal. You got Kyrie Elam, who he's going to be trying to put the load on his back while Tredavious White's gone. And Dane Jackson is the second best corner. Well, Teron Johnson is the second best, but he's our slot corner. He's gonna, Dane Jack Jackson is our second best regular corner. Kyrie Elam could thrive. We don't really know. He could be really good. If Micah Hyde plays just as good as last year, man, that's a be insane. I love Micah Hyde last year. He was phenomenal. He was a great safety last year. Hopefully he could carry that on. If he doesn't, well, that's kind of annoying. 
But if he does, that's amazing. Especially because there's a whole Jordan Poyer situation going on. If Jordan Poyer does play to his heart out this year, he played phenomenal last year. I think last year we confidently had two top 15 safeties, being safeties in general, not just free safety, strong safety. So I think that will be mm-hmm. great. And then on top of that, I feel like we have a generally speaking easy schedule, other than like a few exceptions. Talking about the yeah. talking about the schedule, I'm gonna go through like Aaron did week by week. Oh, before you before you do, I do actually have a couple of questions. Okay. Um, to hit on. Um, so you, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm kind of surprised that you put your team as overrated, like for like the thing. I feel like it's hard. I know like the Bills, like they're. I would say Super Bowl favorites. I'd say. I would um, agree. In my opi- I opinion. So, honestly, there's always going to be biased fans. And there's plenty of biased Bengals fans. I have heard some really just not good takes from, from Bengals fans. You know, like Burrow being top three quarterback. I don't know if I'd go there yet. Um, but what are some of the crazier takes that you've heard from Bills fans that have made you think, oh, ah, uh, this team is kind of overrated. Well, you always have those people that go, ah, yes, the Giants are going to go 17-0. and <laughs> So you're obviously going to have people, that, the, Bill, the Bills fans that say that. The biggest thing that stuck out to me a lot is I saw an Instagram post on a Bills page that was a Photoshop, a jersey Photoshop of OBJ when he was on the Giants where he wore number 13, but he was in a Bills jersey. Every single comment was like, we already have someone better that wears the number 13, being Gabe Davis, who wears number 13. And that's got to be the most outlandish thing that I've ever heard. OBJ, <laughs> yeah. when he plays, is one of the best, especially in the slot, one of the best slot receivers you got. You can put him really anywhere. He's a great deep threat. He's a great slot receiver. He's a great route runner. He's phenomenal. I wouldn't say he's as good as Stefan Diggs, but he's definitely close, and he's definitely better than Gabe Davis right now. I think that mm-hmm. those two things are like the biggest ones that have stuck out to me, personally, but... Other than that, I think a lot of it has come down to my own personal opinions on these players. Gotcha. Um, and then you actually, so you mentioned OBJ. Um, so obviously there's been a lot of talks with OBJ, you know, if he's going to sign with the Rams or if he's going to sign with the Bills. It's kind of been like a one-sided, confusing question. How do you, you Odell, um, do you think there's a chance that you could sign him? And if he does, how do you think that will open your offense? So, I saw an Instagram post of him tweeting something to do with the Rams-Bills game, foreshadowing that whoever wins signs him. I think as a player, he's phenomenal. And like I said, I think he's better than Gabe Davis right now, so I would obviously like to get him. And I think he's going to be a better, if we sign him and we put him in the slot, that'd be way better than having Jameson Crowder in a slot. I think that would just be, overall, a better fit. However, that does contribute to our receiving situation. We currently have six people who want targets. He would be a seventh. I don't know who, how that would all work out and pan out. We'd probably run Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, OBJ, Dawson Knox. That's mm-hmm. like our go-to four most likely. You might see probably. plays where Dawson Knox doesn't come out and then you got Jameson Crowder that comes probably in. Probably wide out, five wide, then, yeah. Right, and then, but overall, that's, that's really going to be something that will be good for our system in an overall scheme, especially because you could really just dumb it down and tell Khalil Shakir, hey, we think you could be great. However, we're trying to contend right now, and you simply suck. So you're not uh, nearly at anywhere near OBJ's level. You're not going to play over him. Simply. Hmm. So I think that, that, in general, 
will be a more beneficial if he signs. If he doesn't sign, it's a kind of alright because we do have a good receiving core. Not the best, nowhere near the Bengals, nowhere near the Buccaneers, nowhere near the Rams, but still a really good receiving core, especially if Gabe Davis meets his potential. I think that mm -hmm. he'll, they'll be great this year, especially if they get OBJ. Gotcha. All right. Well, going down into the week-by-week -week record breakdowns, we obviously play the Rams, which this podcast was recorded before the Rams game. I want <laughs> no, that to be not, said. We're not, we're not so, if I get this good. right, I'm simply the smartest man alive. Don't going on. That's I have the Rams. I think we're going to lose to the Rams this today, this week, week one. However, I think it could be a 50-50 game. We really don't know. This will set the tone for the season. If we win, great. If we lose, not so great. We lost last year to the Steelers in week one. We still went 11-6. So even if we lose, so be it. Week two, we have the Titans. It's revenge season. I am still traumatized from last year when Josh Allen decided to do a push-up on the one-yard line and then we didn't get the touchdown and then we didn't win the game against the Titans. However, Titans collapsed this year. Their offense is nowhere near as good as it was last year. I think we win that game. Week three versus the Dolphins. I'm in a really weird spot with this. Because, like I said, we're having some cornerback issues coming into the season. This is week three. Tredavious White's not going to be back yet. And then they obviously have Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. That's a lethal yep. duo. However, yep. my personal prediction is that the Dolphins won't really do good until week five. Week five is when they start like piecing everything together and picking up the pace a little bit. So I think this could be another 50-50 game. But I would say that we win this one. We play the Ravens the week after. That could be very close. However, I'm confident in our ability. I think by that point, well, that'll be either Tre'Davious. No, that'll be Tre'Davious White's last week in that issue. But Lamar Jackson really only has Mark Andrews. There is Rashad Bateman to worry about, but we don't know where he, how well he'll do this season. I think yeah. Kyrie Elam could handle him. Jordan Poyer on. Mark Andrews, I think we can shut down that system. Obviously, they're going to be a hard defense to play against, but we have a lot of weapons. I think we could beat them. I have us being the Ravens. Steelers, that's an easy W. Uh, no more deeds to be said about that. Chiefs, yep. another 50-50 game. I feel like Travis Kelsey is going to be great this year, especially because he's going to be getting a lot of the targets. If Patrick Mahomes and Sky Moore connect, start connecting, you also have McCole Hardman, who's really fast two people that are kind of mid to below mid right now, but they could get elevated by a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. However, going on this right now, I think that we're going to win this. Packers, I have us winning it. They have a hard defense. Their cornerback core is the, one of the best in the league, in my opinion, probably the second best behind the Chargers. So they have a really tough defense, but we have a really tough offense. So I think we can out-offense them. By that point, I think our defense will start like piecing things together. Everything will start coming mm -hmm. into fruition. I think we'll be and then Aaron Rodgers, his whole situation with his wide receivers. His yeah. best one might be Sammy Watkins. It might be Romeo Dobbs. You just don't really know. And I think yep. no matter how bad our defense is, like our cornerback situation, we have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Even if Jordan Poyer doesn't do great this year, we're going to shut that down. I think we'll do great in that. I think that's a win. We play the Jets. That's a win, in my opinion. They lost. They got Garrett Wilson That and Corey Davis are both competing for the wide receiver one on that team. I don't think either of them are going to do well against our defense, and I think our offense is simply better than their defense. So I think that's 
that Vikings, we play week 9, and I'm going to say that that's an L. Uh, or maybe it's not week 9. I don't know when our bye week No, it's after week 9. Sorry about that. I numbered these, but I forgot to add in a bye week. So <laughs> that there is some confusion there. We play the Vikings next, though. I think that's an L for us. I don't think we're going to be able to handle that because Justin Jefferson's like that. Adam Thielen will be a great uh, touchdown threat for that team. You have Dalvin Cook. I think there's just a lot of pieces there. Kirk Cousins is going to be good. Their defense, I think, will be better than last year, although they didn't make any, off the top of my head, any drastic improvements. I just think that they will perform better. I think that's a loss. We play the Browns. And a better head coach. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, of course. And then we play the Browns. No quarterback. Amari Cooper's going to be kind of mid. I just don't yep. see this going anywhere. Kareem Hunt might get traded by then, so that you're solely relying on Nick Chubb. And then, like I said, we've made some improvements in our run defense, so I think we'll be able to handle that a little bit better. I think that's an easy one for us. Lions, easy one. Although, I think they are kind of underrated this season. I think Jamison Williams will be good. I think Amon Ross and Brown will be good. DeAndre Swift will be good. I just think I don't like Jared Goff that much in general, but especially as a quarterback. I think that's an easy one. Patriots, I'm taking a dub there. I think that Mac Jones will be good, but I don't think he has the right receivers in this system right now to do good and perform well. Uh, we play the Jets again after that. I think that's another one. I th have a sweeping the Jets this year. The Dolphins, I'm going to say that we go that's a L. We go 50-50 on that. I think, again, we could potentially win this game. I think we could also potentially lose this game. I'm going to lean more towards on the side of lose. I think by this point they'll have their crap together. Everything will be performing well. And I think a Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle system will just be kind of hard for us to overcome because I'm kind of high on Tua. I think he's going to do well. Then we have the Bears. That's a dub. I think they're going to be the worst team in football this year. The Bengals, I think that's an L. But again, 50-50. I think mm. we're just going to lose to the Bengals. Partially because of an ego, I think we're gonna have a good. I think we're gonna have a good team by that point, like a good record, maybe a first seed, maybe a second or third seed. So we're really not gonna be competing for anything else. Maybe I think we're probably gonna have a third seed by this point. So we're not gonna be competing okay. for that first seed. We're not gonna be like, oh yeah, we need to put our starters in for the next two weeks, week 17, week 16. Our starters need to be in. Probably not that situation. Yep. So whereas. I think the Bengals might be fighting more for a 4-3 seed. So, I think we'll just take it less seriously than they will. However, maybe not. I don't know how this whole season's going to play out. Personally, I think we lose to the Bengals. And then we play the Patriots in Week 17. And for a very similar reason, I say that we lose to them. I think we go 50-50 on that. But not because we're a worse team. But because the Patriots suck. And I think they're going to be a borderline fringe playoff team. So, they're going to just put in all the effort that week. We're going to start our backup quarterback. We're going to put our backups in. Just give our players some rest before the playoffs so that way we can keep on going. Whenever we get there, we're already well rested. Alright. Our fi My final record prediction realistically will be 11-6. and six. I think we'll perform record-wise the exact same as last year, which I think in a better AFC, we're going to drop some seeding. I think we we were the second seed last year. I think we'll drop down to the third or fourth seed this year. But I think ceiling max with all the upside in our favor, we go 15 and two. Don't actually think that will happen. I think that's very far, but I think it's we're capable just looking at rosters. And 
I think the, our floor will be a 10-7 and 7 team. But overall, that's my opinion on the Bills coming into this year. Awesome. Do we have any closing? Yeah, um, um, I'm really excited for this season. I think this season is going to be really, really exciting. Um, I'm really interested to see how the AFC um, kind of boils down. Um, I, um, I, I do agree with like the record. I, I, I see a lot of people putting like, I, I know the Bills like they're like putting the Bills at thirteen three. I think that this AFC is going to be super, super close, and I think the records are going to be like almost all the same. With especially with how stacked this uh, conference is. Oh yeah. So. Um, I I would definitely say the Bills are probably I I would think that the the Bills are going to be the first seed in the AFC. I think I have the Chargers at the first seed personally. Okay, but that's just gotcha. my take. All right, well okay. that's all I have planned. If you have any more closing thoughts, Aaron, go uh, right ahead. I'm good. All right, well. Thank you for tuning into this podcast, and please enjoy the other previous ones that we posted. We're planning on putting out some more now that the NFL season has begun, and we'll see you in the next one.